Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're speaking with Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy is a pastor, speaker, author, and ministry and marriage coach. He and his wife, Irene, are the founders of Two Equals One, a ministry that aims to bring health and wholeness to individuals and create stronger marriages. He's also a teaching pastor at multiple churches in the U.S., including Union Church, Christ Fellowship, Substance Church, Journey Church Cleveland, and Red Rocks Church in Colorado. Let's lean in as Pastor Jimmy shares valuable leadership insights pertaining to leadership health, marriage, and the value of diversity. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Avail podcast where we talk about the art of leadership. And today, come on, put on your seatbelts. This is going to be a fun ride with an amazing leader, an amazing pastor, speaker, author, ministry and marriage coach, none other than Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy, we are honored to have you on the Avail podcast. How you feeling, brother? Let's go. Well, I get, if I lived up to that introduction, can you travel with me? And uh, <laughs> But man, I'm so excited, Virgil, to be a part of the Avail podcast and to help leaders move forward and, uh, and really just reach their goals. And, and, and so I'm excited uh, for this time to really uh, use all of my failures, come on somebody, <laughs> in order to help other people grow and develop into all that God's called them to be. That's so good. Um, before we kind of get into the meat of the conversation, and I'm, I'm going to give people, some, I'm going to give people some teasers. We're going to talk ministry health. We're going to talk marriage. We're going to talk diversity. This is going to be a fun wow. conversation. Before we dive into the meat of the conversation, uh, Pastor Jimmy, can you just share a little bit about who you are? I know some people know who you are and some people are saying, who's this guy? You know, yeah. where is he from? What, what's his story? Can, share with us a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Well, my name is Jimmy Rollins. As Virgil said, I'm not the baseball player uh because i probably would have a bigger fee for this podcast i'm joking there is no fee. um but jimmy rollins i pastored a church called i5 city uh for 12 almost almost 10 years uh but you know as the senior pastor for 10 years and i kind of took over my parents uh church me and my wife uh and then we relaunched uh their church uh, that was living waters worship center a, tra- a traditional african-american uh, church, if you will, like expression of church. Mm-hmm. And uh, we changed it to I-5 City, changed the lights, put haze in the building, took our suits off and uh, scared everyone away. And so <laughs> uh, it took a long time to recover from some of those, uh, you know, battle wounds, if you will, and me and my wife. And uh, and also like uh, we're excited because we have a new phase of ministry uh, last year around this time. We felt like the Lord calling us out of uh, lead pastoring and kind of pastoring in a different way. And so now we stepped out specifically. The word was, you know what? Uh, I want you to give up your stage to spend the rest of your life helping other leaders stay on theirs. Wow. And so my wife and I have stepped away. We merged our church with Destiny Church and I-5 and it became Union uh, Church. And Pastor Stephen and Zai Chandler now pastor that church and we're able Uh, to go around and help leaders and partner with other churches. And so we're excited to be on this 
podcast. That's cool. You know, uh, just off the top, just right off the top. Um, and I knew this before because because we're both the uh, Ark family, our church, Vertical Church, Elizabeth, the Ark family. And, oh. and I've heard about the story. And, and you know, we have a lot of them coming. I'm, I'm also a pastor's kid who took over yeah. for the church. My wife and I took over for the for the church that my parents planted, you know, almost 30 years ago. Uh, what yeah. a blessing it is to to hear this. And but you bring great insight and perspective. So all you leaders that are watching or listening right now, come on, get ready. This is going to be a great conversation. I know where I want to start, Pastor Jimmy, based on our conversation in preparation, which is Come on. ministry health. You know, um, let's talk ministry health. And and obviously, wow. you just you have the heart of a pastor, um, also the heart kind of a coach and, and and kind of a ministry coach. And and Absolutely. and and also you have the experience of growing up in church, leading church, and obviously now helping others as they lead church. Let's talk ministry health. Come on, shoot shoot what you got in your heart. Wow. Well, I, I mean, let's say this. I mean, you know, let, let's start the conversation off with just a quick illustration to kind of paint the entire, yeah. you know, conversation in this aspect of ministry health. Uh, I love cars. Uh, you know, it's kind of an occupational hazard as a pastor. Uh, and so now that I'm not a senior pastor, I, I bought a, like the car that I wanted to have. Uh, and I, no one can drive it. My wife, my kids. And I, and I was pulling it in the garage. Uh, and that's like the garage is like it's so tight to get in the garage. And so I was backing out one day and I hit the side of the garage and ripped the front Ouch. bumper of the car completely off. I was dumbfounded. I was frustrated. I was angry. I was upset. Uh, and I'm like, man, what am I going to do with this car? How am I going to get this fixed? How much is it going to cost? And that night I was laying down, I was laying my, laying my head on a pillow and I had this thought. Uh, the car pales in comparison to the house. Right. I ripped the bumper off the car, but I damaged the house. And when we think about leadership, I feel like many of us we have our focus on something that is way less valuable mm. than it, what God has given us in our health and our That's family and our family and our and our physical, our our soul health. And so we we're so concentrated on the health of the church. Mm. I believe this, that that's much less valuable mm. than the health of your soul. Yeah. But it's so easy for people to focus on, I'm going to have a staff meeting every single week, but yet we don't have a date night every single week. Wow. But yet we don't uh, go to counseling ever. Hmm. So my thought is, is like, as we're listening to this, what if leaders were to value their emotional health, their mental health, their spiritual health, their physical health over wow. the health of the church? Because here's the deal. If a leader is not healthy, mm. it's a good indication that the organization is not healthy. Wow. Wow. So, you know, hey, one of the things I like is when conviction sets, <laughs> sets yeah. in at the beginning of a conversation. Um, you know, it sounds, uh, Jimmy, it sounds like you're coming from a place of of experience and, yes. and, and a burden that you, that you kind of carry for pastors and leaders in a church. Would, would that be correct? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I'm not speaking from, you know, books that I've read. I'm not mm. speaking from, you know, a college degree. I'm speaking from the degree of pain. Mm. And one of the things that I've come to understand is there is no greater teacher than pain. That's right. But yet maybe there is someone else's. <laughs> 
But yet, as leaders, we get to such a place in ministry where we don't have true accountability. No one can tell us anything. We have no one that will keep it 100, as we'd say in my church, or or, or keep it 100% authentic Mm. and honest with what uh, they're noticing in our in our cadence, what they're noticing uh, in our private life, what they're noticing uh, in, in the health of our marriage or the health of our bodies or the health of our souls. And, and so when I start thinking about this, like, you know what, I want to spend the rest of my life letting other leaders learn from our pain. Yeah. And so we, we've we've gone through a lot of pain and leadership that I think a lot of people uh, could benefit from. That's good. You know, it seems common sense. It really seems common sense. Hey, I got to be healthy. I want to be healthy. What, what happens? How, why and how, from your perspective, <laughs> why is it that as pastors and leaders, we easily fall into that place where, where, where we're isolated, where we don't have, you know, that, those voices and where, where, where we're so focused on what we're doing and we're lose focus of what's so important. Why does yeah. that happen? I, I think this, and, and first, let me just say like, it can happen easily. Like yeah. it happened to me. Uh, and I'm 40, I'll be 48 uh, years old shortly. And in my 47 years or in my 30 years of ministry, I spent the majority part of my ministry trying to win at the wrong thing. Wow. Trying to win at numbers, trying to win at how many people, trying to win at the budget, trying to win at that, you know, uh, 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 you know, was the service creative enough? Mm. Trying to win all of these things. And, and what I've learned is, is this, Virgil, that if you win at the right thing, you could lose at the wrong thing. Mm. Let me say it this way. I said that on purpose. If you win at the wrong thing, you'll lose at the right thing. That's good. And what I've come to find out is success too fast is not success. You know, trying to win in this comparison game to keep up with everyone else is probably not keeping up with the health of yourself. Wow. And so for me, I had the church. I, 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 I had the stages. I was traveling around the world. My calendar was booked out a year in advance. I had a great kids ministry, but I had no relationship with my own kids. Hmm. I could talk to thousands behind a pulpit, but I couldn't talk to the one I slept next to in the bed or the one I woke up to in the morning. Yeah. And so to to the world's view, to the church world view, I was winning. But to my family, I was losing. If you win at the wrong thing, you'll lose at the right thing. If you win at the the wrong thing, you lose at the right thing and... If you win at the wrong thing, you lose at the right thing. Um, man, I think I can't help but think that there are so many leaders listening right now, uh, watching right now, thinking, wow, this, this this is a this is a warning. This is a wake up call. Um, I think it's it's so easy. I mean, there's this natural drive that sometimes we have as leaders, a drive to improve, a drive to be excellent, uh, a drive to accomplish more, bigger, greater, faster, right? Um, but but if we're not careful, how, how do we keep that in check? Because we're not going to tell leaders don't dream, right? And, and, and no. don't grow. How, how do we keep in check the 
the healthy ambitions or, or the healthy yeah. drive with the, with the, maybe the, the unhealthy ambitions, uh, selfish right. ambitions. I, I think if we, if we take this out of the context of church, just put it, you know, all of us love, you know, to drive, you know, mm-hmm. like, like having a car, but like there are speed limits, right? Where you go there, uh, the, the, whoever does speed limits, I don't know that world, but whoever put those signs up, <laughs> there's been studies saying that safety, or, or let's say this optimal safety happens at this limit. Right. Right. We, so, so someone has gone before us. But I don't think we're tuning into the people that have gone before us that says in ministry, going too fast hmm. could be an occupational hazard. <laughs> See, we don't we don't think about that. But what we do say is I, I'm going to say it this way. I believe that there is a grace to a God given pace. OK, I like that. And when we are 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 you know, tempted by success, when we are driven by our fears, when we are driven by comparison, Mm -hmm. guess what? You're driving, like your drive doesn't need to change, but your God does. Mm. In other words, we've got idols that are outside of what God intended for us to have at the time, at the season, at the mm-hmm. pace, because he has a speed limit to have a healthy church and a healthy family. He has a speed limit to have a good children's ministry, but relationship with your own kids. Mm. In other words, and so like I would say, let's get back to when we started, when God gave us the vision. He didn't tell us how fast it should happen, mm. but he did tell us that there are warning signs Yeah, that if we're going too fast, that we need to pay attention to. Yellow lights don't mean speed up. They mean slow down. Right. Right. You know, it's, it, I love that illustration. It's tricky. <clears throat> it's tricky because someone can, you can start off well and write and then yeah. kind of veer off along the journey. You know, you could start off right, have the right intentions going in the right direction, but somehow kind of lose, kind of lose that that, that center and and lose that health. You know, you mentioned something when we were talking in preparation for this about, about just even, even what the pandemic has revealed, right? It's, we talk about all this stuff, but, but really it's really, it's revealed a lot, a lot about ministry, church, about ourselves, leadership. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Well, you know, all of us have been, I mean, just literally blindsided by the pandemic. Mm -hmm. You know, how are we going to do church? You know, there there was no instruction manual. You, you, like you couldn't go, you know, download. How do you pastor through a pandemic? How do you lead a team through a pandemic? How do you lead a staff? How do you lead yourself? There was no manual because this has never happened. Right? Yeah. And so when you start thinking about that, we're like, well, where do we go? Right. What do we do? And so I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. But what I do have an answer for is who we are before Mm. the pandemic determine what we did during the pandemic. Mm. In other words, the pandemic was a revealer. Yeah. I believe that the pandemic was a symptom, Mm. you know, to greater issues that we've had gone on maybe for years. 
in our souls that we've neglected. And so I, I think about it like this. You know, there's a word called trauma, right? And you have big T's and you have little T's. Big T's are like major things, abuse, yeah. major things, you know, betrayal, major mm. things that have happened in your life uh, that, that cause things to rise to the surface that have been unaddressed mm. for years, right? Just because the year has changed doesn't mean the location of the pain has changed. Right. Just because we're on to a different season doesn't mean uh, that, you know, the issues of our soul has been addressed because we never went to counseling or, or just because you you're over it doesn't mean your soul or your heart got over it. Right. And so what the pandemic did to me, it, it was another trauma, right. That mm -hmm. brought everything in our souls that have been neglected for years or unhealthy for years or unaddressed for years to the surface. And now it has become a revealer. Right. All of those things. And here's the deal. I believe God can use that mm -hmm. for us to now deal with what happened at the two churches ago, for us to deal with what happened when, when we were disappointed or betrayed by a friend or, or someone who's, you know, who said we're going to be there the rest of our lives and now they're not there. And now we got trust issues. So we don't let anyone close. And if you don't let anyone close, there is no accountability. If there is no accountability, it is a symptom of a fall hmm. come. And so, man, the pandemic was awful, you know? Yeah. But you know what's really awful is that we've been carrying this baggage around for years. So I think in this season, it's a good time to start counseling. In this season, it's a good time to not say, go to counseling and say, man, the pandemic crushed me. No, let's go back and deal with that childhood family of origin sure. issue that we've allowed. It, uh, uh, literally, we minister out of that pain, not out of that healing. Yeah. And so I just wonder if this is a setup for us to get free. Yeah. To get free. Yeah, that's a good word. You know, uh, and, and to kind of tag on to what you're saying, I think it's important for us to understand that that kind of freedom and healing, that's a process. That's not something that happens. And well, God, God can do whatever he wants, but generally speaking, he uses his people to help us. He uses his people to help people. And, and, um, and I, and I know for us, you know, uh, even when we talk about freedom groups, you know, where people are getting into groups oh, and they're great. walking, walking in a journey together. You just talked about sometimes we need professional Christian counseling, people that can really walk us through the, the pain from our past. That's been unresolved, whether it's getting victory over our own sin, uh, getting healing from wounds that others did our way, or even just getting authority over the enemy spiritually. So um, I think what you're talking about is so real. I want to, I want to take what you're, what you're talking about. And I want to kind of segue into marriage because, because this is a place where not only do I think the enemy really wants to attack leaders and pastors, people of influence ministry leaders. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's one of those places that we can easily put into cruise control while we're trying to do all these other things and win at all these other things. And all of a yeah. sudden we find, we find ourselves in a big issue. Absolutely. I mean, what's the first win? You know, in Genesis, be fruitful, multiply, subdue, have dominion. Mm -hmm. Fruitfulness requires 
a healthy marriage. That's right. Right. And so that command to be fruitful and, and fill the earth and subdue it requires the health of a marriage. It requires the health of a couple. It requires your, it requires that health. And, and, and I think one of the things that we start to think is, is that, yeah, I'll get around to that. Mm. Well, could the fruitfulness of our lives, the fruitfulness of our vision, the fruitfulness of our goals, of our ministry, be directly connected wow. to the fruitfulness of our marriage? I would say yes. yes. That's why the church is called the bride of Christ. <laughs> like, I, we, we can't go put a wedding dress and make sure that the building bride looks good, <laughs> but not building our bride at home. Mm. Like, we, like, I learned this because what happens was for years, we had the numbers, we had the budget. I was great at pastoring on the road and preaching, but I wasn't pastoring my house. And so alcohol started pastoring my wife. Wow. And so here we are leading a church. No one knows. Our family is a wreck. Our marriage is terrible and turmoil for three and a half years. Uh, uh, got to a point where I couldn't wow. even function anymore, where my wife, uh, we had to do an intervention. She's going to rehab. I've, I'm on sabbatical for a year. The church is still working without me. Could <laughs> it be that? We think that we're a big deal. Wow. And so we can't step away to actually work on the thing that is first. Wow. That before there was ever, you know, a, a building, there was your spouse. There was. Yeah. And so when I think about that in my life, I realize I got it wrong. I'll never forget. I was at a basketball game with a whole bunch of pastors and, and uh, my daughter at the time, 14 years old, sent me a text of my wife passed out in the bathroom. She goes, why is mom sleeping in the bathroom? Mom wasn't wow. sleeping in the bathroom. Mom was passed out be uh, from, from, from alcohol. And you know what I did? I never responded to her text because I was so inundated with trying to fit in with this group of pastors. Mm. And I think back to that day and we had to deal with that in counseling. We had to go through years and of counseling. And yes, this November, we celebrated six and a half years of my wife's sobriety. But guess wow. what? Drinking wasn't her fault. I, could it be that I, I drove her to drink mm. because I never put her first. Mm. And if I represented <clears throat> if, if, if she represents the bride of Christ, then I, then I represent the image of Christ. <laughs> then the image of Christ left her and had an affair with success. Mm. Wow. You know, I, we can all hear in your, in your heart and in your voice, Jimmy, how important this is, right? Like, what I'm understanding from you is we we can't talk leadership without talking marriage. <laughs> we can't talk no. health, you know, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, especially as pastors and leaders. I mean, this is this is so fundamental. I'd like to ask a question that maybe could help could help 
those of us who are who are in it right and and might not even be we might not even be aware because maybe jimmy in that back in that season wasn't even aware right what are are some signs some warning signs to look out for in ourselves you know in ourselves and in our marriages uh, um that that could be a sign of hey you need to pay attention to that you know while while we're in this race to grow and 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 to try to you know go go farther bigger faster well, one of the things, you know, I don't think it's all like stuff where you'd be like, oh, we've got to, you know, you know, it, it's an, everything's not 911. It doesn't start out at 911. Right. It, it could start out of all of your conversation is just about church. Right. A warning sign. Hmm. It could uh, be that when you're coming together for intimacy, it's just sex, not intimacy. Right. It could uh, uh, be a warning sign that, um, you know, your kids only see you and your wife as their pastor, but not their father and mm. their husband. Mm. Like it could be uh, warning signs that um, there are no boundaries of no ministry talk zones. Right. In the right. house. It could be here's here's was my biggest like reflection see i didn't drink alcohol but i drank the applause of others right and medicating was behind the pulpit wow. medicating was uh, uh, other churches and pastors and leaders calling me to come preach and the pulpit became the only place mm. that I felt valued. Mm. And I man, if I, I can just, I can remember just yeah. not be, like having this urgency that, man, I got to get out of the house. I, I, I got to go be successful. I got to yeah. go feel something. Yeah. But what I learned is, is if my wife and kids can't call me a man of God, mm. then no sermon, no church size mm. should be in that category either. You don't want to miss this month at Avail, or any month for that matter. Why? Because each month, the Avail Online Leadership Series happens, a live call with leaders from around the world who have a passion for God and key leadership insights to impart to you. Interact with authors, pastors, and influencers from every industry. And the best part, it's free. To get registered right now, head over to theartofleadership.com. What are you waiting for? Man, that's good. I, there, there's something about identity at the source of all this, right? We, 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 when our identity is not rooted and founded upon in Christ, you know, and, and we, we tend to find it in those things other things where we now feel that's where I feel valued. This is where my identity is. And we lose, we, we, we lose the essence and the heart of it. And, and uh, man, I love what you're sharing, uh, Pastor Jimmy, because here's the truth. C- can I just be real? You know, um, th- there's this, there's this school, this train of thought out there that, you know, we can't share all this stuff about our, ourselves because then people won't respect me. And, uh, and I think that's one of the things that today's uh, generation and today's culture appreciates when, pa- when we as pastors, can take off, can take off the, the, uh, you know, holier than thou mask and say, Hey, 
man, I, I've got issues as well. I got things that God is working on in me. And I think that kind of transparency, uh, I think that's what people really appreciate today. Um, wow. and, I, and, I, and I know this has been part of your journey, even as you're sharing a little bit of your testimony here. Um, have you found, have you found that, that sometimes there's a resistance for, for pastors and leaders to just kind of be, be open and say, man, I have, I have trouble with this. Absolutely. You know, when you think about, you know, admitting something is an occupational hazard. Right. <laughs> like when you, when you think about it, like, you know, what did our, did, did the ones that our spiritual fathers before us, were they transparent? Mm. You know, when I look at posts on, on pastors post today on, on social media and I see all of these church and all of these sermon clips, but no pictures of their families. Hmm. It's a kind of a warning sign. So, but, but like, who, who's going to ask them like, Hey, is right. everything okay? And, and, and if they, if they do have someone to ask them, are they going to be honest? What was the first question that God asked Adam after he sinned? He said, where are you? We need someone in our lives. <laughs> Give them a pass and say, Hey man, where are you? Yeah. How's your soul? Yeah. What are you covering up? Hmm. What are you hiding from? The problem is, is the system that we have of accountability and authority over us. I think a big problem is, is they have never been honest. And so now we have these people who have never been honest, trying to hold people who aren't honest accountable. And yeah, if you do that, if you have those thoughts, if you, have family trauma, like, man, no one wakes up, Virgil, and says, today I want to wreck my life. Right. Man, it, it, it's, their soul has been crying out. But no one has gotten close enough. Or maybe they haven't let anyone in close enough to say, man, are you good? Can I, can I pray for you? Yeah. Here's a counselor. I don't believe that counseling should be an option. Hmm. Like, like, yes, the Holy Spirit is a comforter and a counselor. But old school churches, you go to the altar call and man, you're healed instantly. Come on, somebody like you leave that altar call. No, no, no. Could it be that the Holy Spirit is the power or the engine for you to walk out a process Mm -hmm. of healing and counseling? Yeah. And so I look at it like this version and I'll say this, that it starts with. um, Let's see. Access. Right. Relationship. Yeah. Yeah. But then it moves to a process, I think, of transparency. Yeah. That's what I let you see. Right? Vulnerability, what I let you know. Mm-hmm. Accountability, what I let you hold. And then it gets to intimacy. Intimacy see, is simply this, I when I have nothing to hide. And I think that in this in the body of Christ, especially for pastors, we've gotten to a point that perfection is the goal, not freedom. Because to me, this side of eternity, there's no such thing as never sinning mm-hmm. or never having a thought or never struggling with pride or pornography or whatever it is. Sure. Problem is, is we've got a lot to hide. Mm. Freedom is the goal, not perfection. And the definition of freedom is having nothing to hide. It's impossible to keep up with who we pretend to be. Mm. You know, this is good. I mean, this is kind of a drop the mic moment, I think. If you're listening to this podcast, watching this podcast, and you feel the Holy Spirit kind of just tugging at your heart, pay attention. 
Maybe this was a godsend. This was a God moment that you you clicked on this <laughs> on this podcast. You know, you clicked on this YouTube. This is a God thing right now. God is wanting to speak to you uh, for your life, for your marriage, and maybe He wants you to help other people as well. Um, Pastor Jimmy, before before we transition into kind of the last leg, which is the importance of diversity, which which I love that topic. Maybe 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 before we go that way. Um, what are maybe a few helpful, practical tips or advice that you can share with us from your journey and from your experiences? You know, you've already mentioned a couple of times counseling, right? Having, having yeah. a voice of people. What are some practical tips that helped you and you think can help others in their marriage? Yeah, I think this is, I'm glad you asked that question because I was just talking to a pastor friend about this. I think pastoring is the only profession that you can get called into by God, but you have no skills to do. <laughs> And now you have to be, as a senior pastor, a finance guy, a manager, a counselor, come on, somebody, a worship leader, a, 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 a sports center, you know, a, a guy, you know, at the desk. Like, you got to do all of these roles, a video producer. And could it be that a practical thing was to just first recognize, identify, and let someone else know what you're not? Hmm. And everything you're not should be a priority of what you should hire first. Because when you start working in all of these things that you're not gifted in, the pressure to be good at them, the pressure to succeed is far greater than the abilities that God's given you. Mm -hmm. And then you end up outside of your sweet spot and now you're medicating. (laughs) Just hire people. Be okay with, I know nothing about finance. Be okay with, I'm going to hire a CFO. Be okay with, with man, if the Bible says that his strength is perfected in our weaknesses, how about we get more acquainted with our weaknesses so that we can get more acquainted with his strengths? Yeah. Or the strengths of other people. That's a practical thing. Mm-hmm. Counseling is a practical yep. thing. Go to counseling. Here, here's the deal. The best counseling that me and my wife have right now is when we're not arguing. <laughs> like our marriage ain't perfect. We struggle. I struggle to still go on date nights, (laughs) right? But when we can get in counseling and not be working through an issue, but more working on what our lives is going to look like, what our communication is going to look like in the next season of our lives, that's a practical step. A practical step could be, watch this, a yearly sabbatical. Mm. I'm going to take four weeks off every year. That has nothing to do with vacation. That's just soul care and soul health. And I'm going to get a, a, a an authority, a spiritual authority voice in my life to, to watch, to hold me accountable during those four weeks. <laughs> it's good. Like at some level, a spiritual father that is not also a son is dangerous. Right. Every father needs a father. <clears throat> That's huge. That's huge. You know, you, you know, it's funny because you're, I feel like you're echoing, I'm echoing. Um, I've had this kind of a, I've had kind of a, just a mad spree in the last months of pressing in on how important it is to have spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers in our lives. I think that's so huge. And and I think there's a generation uh, before us that, that, that never, you know, didn't benefit and maybe wasn't, didn't get that. And, and um, it's so important. It's so important. Um, Can I say one thing here? Yeah. 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 
what I had to learn because finding a spiritual father is difficult when um, the people we look up to didn't have it because they don't know how to be it. Right. Can we not look for age, but rather anointing? That's it. Because I, I have some pastor friends that are near my age. Yeah. That I see as a spiritual father. That's right. Because they're anointed to be. Yeah. And so, but pride keeps us, man, you're the same age as me. <laughs> like, how are you going to speak into my life? It ain't got nothing to do yeah. with that. Yeah, that's so true. That's that that really is true. And and uh, speaking uh, both being on both sides for me, because I, I, honestly, I love being a spiritual father to some people that God's called me to, especially my team and my people that are close. But I also love being a spiritual son. I love being a spiritual son and finding the right people. And it's not an age thing. It's it's a it's a calling and an anointing thing. Yeah. So, man, this is good. If you're not getting something out of this conversation, I don't know. You must be not awake or uh, not alive, right? Um, all right. So, I wanna I wanna round this off. This is awesome. And and let me just say, Jimmy, thanks for thanks for being um, authentic, you know, and 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 as a leader, really being willing to 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 talk about challenges that you've had. I think that really that's what makes you stronger, and that's what strengthens others. So I, I'm proud of you for that. That's awesome. Let me let me ask this as we kind of kind of hit the final stretch here. And after that, I want you to, I really want you to talk to us about two equals one, which is a marriage ministry that kind of was birthed out of all this. Right. Absolutely. Um, um, but, but let's talk, let's talk quickly about diversity in ministry, like the importance of right. diversity in ministry. Is this something you're passionate about? Um, I am extremely passionate about it. And I, I'm extremely passionate about it because I believe it's the gospel message, mm. you know, of Christ. I, I believe that it's a kingdom message. Yeah. Right. Like like if we think about the word unity, would the word unity exist unless different things existed? Right. You wouldn't need the word unity. Right. And so the goal is not diversity. <laughs> the goal is unity. I like to say it this way. Diversity is the first down. Unity is the touchdown. <laughs> But you can never get to true unity until you first acknowledge diversity. That's good. And you can never get to diversity until you first evaluate areas of dignity. Hmm. And so it's huge for me. You know, uh, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Yep. You know, uh, uh, for God so loved the world uh, th that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, that's a big word. That's a diverse word. Yep. Believes in him. Uh, uh, like I could go on and on all of creation, you know, like, like, I mean, the Lord's prayer, our father, which art in heaven, how be thy name, thy kingdom come, not uh, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, not just in my neighborhood, not just in my section, though, just, not just because the way that I do church. So I like to say this, if we're not diverse, the church is diluted. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Woo. Think about it, the Great Commission. You know, we love the Great Commission. We love to quote that. But it says he's given all authority to go and reach all people. Yeah. Could it be that if we're not after all people, that we're only operating in some of his authority? authority. Diversity, unity togetherness like uh, I, I could go on and on this is this is <laughs> this is who I am man like 
you know, we, you know, we would just be lopsided if it was just uh-huh. us. You know, I love the, the, the kind of the thought of love your neighbor. We love to say that as you love yourself, love your neighbor. I am loving my neighbor. The problem is, is you keep choosing your neighborhoods. <laughs> and so what if we loved, what if love was beyond the limits of our comfort zones? Mm. Come on, I'm, 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 I could preach this right now. I could <laughs> preach right now. <laughs> Come on. And so when you, we start thinking about diversity, I, I think it's hard, you know, to, to, to truly embrace this ideology <clears throat> of the gospel. Mm-hmm. To me, it's the foundation of the gospel. Yeah. Right? Um, because we're so concerned about what everyone thinks and, and everyone needs to be like us and and everybody, no, 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 no. Diversity is differences coming together to make a difference. Yeah. Differences coming together to make a difference. And I started to think about, like, what if everyone was like me? Man, we all be not administrative. <laughs> if everybody was like me, you know, we all be a little lazy. You know, like, I, no, diversity is what. It's what heaven looks like. I love the message version because it says, you know, this kingdom message of salt and light. It says, we are here to be light, bringing out the God colors of the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this as public as a city on a hill. It doesn't say we are here to be white, bringing out the God colors of the world. Our goal is to make disciples of men, not duplicates of ourselves. We are here to be light. God (laughs) colors are multifaceted, multi-ethnic, multi-social economic status, multi, multi. Why? Because we're we're so worried about what we're against. And we're leading these these churches in these cities. Uh, we're against this and we're against that agenda and we're against that. But no one knows what we're for because everyone knows what we're against. Wow. And it is limiting and stifling the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to say this. And then this sermon is over. <laughs> when Jesus came, he redefined everything. Everything. He resurrected division. He resurrected racism. He resurrected stereotypical preference. He resurrected Mm. societal norms. And what he's saying is I'm, when I leave, I'm, I, I am the kingdom. I represent the kingdom. When you gave your life to Christ, your ethnic culture became a subculture to the kingdom culture. That's right. And that's why uh, white, black, rich, <laughs> tall, poor, social economic, whatever it is, yeah. we're brothers in Christ. That's right. I love it. Come on, preach. All right. So here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. Uh, we're coming to final stretch here. Um, just you gave us some great practical advice when we talked about the marriage thing. For for a pastor or a leader who says, "Man, you know, I, you know, hey, I'll use my example." I'm I'm a I'm a Hispanic second generation. You know, a lot of Hispanics like to come to my church. Or another pastor says, "Hey, you know, I'm a white pastor. A lot of white people. You know, I'm an African American. A lot of African American. I'm I'm Caribbean." There's a natural tendency for things that kind of go that way if you let let them. What's some practical advice where leaders and pastors can really take steps to open the door 
for diversity to happen, unity to happen? Yeah, I think first we have to search our own hearts. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, we're like, I believe in the anointing. I believe that God anoints us and that anoints us and that anointing is influence within a city, that favor that God showed up, Gabriel showed up in Mary's bedroom. Yeah. That was influence to, to fulfill her assignment. And so I believe that we have to, this thing on the inside matters to our reach. And so let's first look at our hearts. So let's first look at what do we think uh, uh, our church needs to be? You're only going to be as diverse as the city you're in. Let's start there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you're in, you know, uh, a Baltimore city in the hood and you're, and you know, it, your, your, your area of, 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 of where your city, where your city is geographically mm-hmm. is 99 and a half percent African-American. It's going to be really hard to say, man, we're going to be 50% white. <laughs> right. Like it's unrealistic. Right. But let, let's think about diversity just outside of ethnic. Sure. You have gender diversity, you have generational diversity, you have yeah. socioeconomic diversity, you have like find a, like a, a, an end zone and, and, and really try to make that end zone your goal based on what's been given to you in the city that you're called to. That's so great. Let's start on the inside. Yeah. And ask God, man, heal his heart. If I got some issues, heal it. If I got stereotypes, yeah. heal it. If I got prejudice, heal it. But we got to ask God to visit us first. I love that. I love that. You know, just in this time that we've been on here for this podcast, Pastor Jimmy, it's been so encouraging for me. And I know everybody who's here is learning something. Here's what I want to do. I want, I know people are like, okay, I want to hear more from Pastor Jimmy. How can people, first of all, how can they find you or connect with you as far as, you know, online, social media? Absolutely. Social media. It's I am Jimmy Rollins uh, uh, on, on Instagram, uh, on uh, Facebook. Uh, it is me and my wife share page, but it's, it's Irene Rollins because, you know, I, I have accountability. Come on, somebody like uh, <laughs> and then, you know, we are working on some other ways. But our biggest way to connect with us is two equals one dot com spelled out. Uh, it's uh, T, you know, two equals one. I can't spell. So two equals one uh, <laughs> dot com. And that is, you know, if you want us to, to, to if you want to be a part of our ministry, if you want to, you know, we're helping marriages. We're, that's so our like, main focus. But uh, I would say we have a lot of content on, on, on social media. We're working on our websites. Uh, now this is all new uh, for us outside of the pastor, uh, senior pastor space. Uh, but really, we are really focusing on on you can also follow follow marriage equation uh, on instagram and we're giving out marriage tips but we're working on some things right now that i am super pumped about with marriages that's exciting so so i want to just reiterate two equals one.com that's with everything spelled out two yeah. equals one.com this is on your heart this is on your heart you and your wife's heart to, to really help marriages help marriages get healthy help marriages restore help marriages get to where they need to be so then they can get to where they want to go um I, I i know there's also a, an online uh, a virtual conference is that is that a marriage conference, an Absolutely. Virtual marriage conference? So it'll be on our website on tuples1.com we're about to put everything up in the next uh, few weeks but there's a virtual conference uh on march uh first second and third uh, and, and we've made it available and put it at a time where everyone can show up. There's no excuses. It's like from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, we have some of the greatest church leaders around that are going to be guests with us, and we're going to talk everything marriage. And so you can go to www.2equals1.com. Uh, in the next few weeks, there will be links for you to sign up for that or just follow on uh, our, our social media. 
We're super excited about that. But Virgil, one of the most things I'm excited about is we are investing in senior pastors. We're investing in staffs. Uh, So we're doing marriage intensives for church staffs. We come alongside the the senior pastor. We want you to get some churches together and say, hey, we want to do an intensive with all of our staff. And Irene and I will come to your city uh, and we will do a a two-day marriage intensive or a one-day marriage intensive with your staff. And we're also starting the launch of small groups with senior pastors uh, that we can coach, that we can be there as a as a as a listening ear and help develop, you know, healthy communication tools. Very practical. How do we recover from some of the, uh, you know, when we put ministry first and and not our family and, and you know, uh, you know, maybe there's some resentment. So God's given us some amazing tools. Ooh. I'm excited. I'm fired up. I want to go. I want to sign up today. I like this. All right, everybody. There's a lot out there. You got to connect. You got to go to two equals one.com. Get all that information. You got to follow Pastor Jimmy and Irene Rollins. You'll find them on on social media, man. This is, this has been awesome. I want to mention Pastor Jimmy. uh, One thing here out of Vail, our heart is leaders. Let's resource leaders with resources that are going to actually help them practical. The Avail Journal, Dr. Sam Chan and our team at Avail, man, Martin Van Tilburg, they they do a great job. Uh, This this Avail Journal is, it, it, Jimmy, Pastor Jimmy, is one of the best leadership resources I've seen out there with amazing articles out there. Wow. I, I, I don't know about you, but when people put something in my hand that actually helps me, and I'm, I'm appreciative of that. So, so um, I wanted I wanted to take this moment here, Jimmy, um, to ask you if you could just leave one final thought. We've talked a little bit about health, yeah. marriage, diversity, unity. You know, one final thought with all the leaders here at Avail. Wow. That's a great thought. Like I'm thinking diversity, I'm thinking uh, marriage, but you know, one of the things that I'll say is just health. Hmm. Like I'll tell you all, uh, it it shocked a lot of people when I said, I don't want to do this anymore. Wow. I don't want to be a senior pastor anymore. And I'm not saying anyone should do that. Mm -hmm. That was my call for me. But what is God asking you to do? in this season that has nothing to do with your church, nothing to do with even your marriage, but has everything to do with your soul. Wow. What do you need to connect with? What book do you need to read? What pastor do you need to call? What friend do you need to tell? You will always be as sick as your secrets. Hmm. Let's deal with the soul. So good. So good. Hey, Man, this has been so good, uh, Jimmy. On behalf of the uh, Avail leadership team, on behalf of uh, Dr. Sam Chand, on behalf of everybody who who works behind the scenes here to make this happen, we just want to tell you we're thankful for you. We honor you. We're proud of you. And uh, and we appreciate you uh, sharing your story to help us on our leadership wow. journeys. Well, thank you so much, Virgil. Um, it, um, it's been an honor. Uh, thank you. I'm, I'm excited. I got a new friend. Uh, you know, the, the visit when I come down south, come on, somebody. That's it. And, um, and, uh, and I'm just honored. And I just want to encourage leaders, man, like, j- be gentle with yourself. Yeah. You know, after a talk like this, don't be so hard on yourself. Just be gentle with yourself. There's grace for you, too. 
That's right. That's right. Hey, guys, thank you so much for connecting with us. What an awesome conversation. What an awesome. Le- this is like a little mini workshop in this podcast with Pastor Jimmy Rollins. We're so thankful for his life. Thank you for connecting with us. Next time you connect here, you're going to get some great resources. You're going to get some great leadership insight because we want to help you with the art of leadership. So we'll catch you next time right here on the Avail podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail podcast. We hope you've been ministered to by this conversation with Jimmy Rollins. Remember, you can connect with Jimmy on social media and at 2equals1.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail Media host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Podcast.